0: you're traveling through another dimension a dimension not only of sight and sound but of mind a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination that's the signpost ahead of you the next stop they think it's all over the football shirt show to episode 43 of the football shirt show i hope you're all in high spirits as you join us on this all hallows eve i'm adrian football shirt hallier and let's say hello to the rest of the motley crew hi it's mike at footy shirts and
1: it's tom the spooky the spooky shirt fan (laughs) good good and it's nice to see you both dressed up in um, fancy dress as well (laughs) we're we're very much day-to-day clothing right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) on that though do you have any shirts in your collections gents that you
1: could get away with wearing to a fancy dress party this halloween oh it's a good question i don't have one of the the halloween shirts from napoli which i really do wish i'd gone for now last year's one especially i thought i think is great in hindsight uh i don't know i've got that uh Juventus y- human race shirt which is a bit of a horror story for some people especially me as it's got kudas on the back and he's now a bloody tottenham player so uh, that's scary enough for me <laughs> that's allowable mike
2: well, I've got a few orange and black numbers that would work well. I've got a lovely shack to the next that
1: look, would look good for Halloween. I think the close, but the
2: closest I've got one of the Valencia Kappa away shirts with the, with the, the big bat on the front, that's probably about as good as it gets for me. That's 100% allowable.
0: Yeah. I can see you sporting that as you go and knock on a neighbor's doors. I'm sure you get some um, very strange looks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no stranger than normal
0: <laughs> You do have the Napoli
2: Halloween shirt though, lady, don't you?
0: I do have last year's Napoli Halloween shirt Yeah, the black one with the spiders on it So
2: that That's the better of the two though, isn't it? I think.
0: Yeah, I think so Yeah, I'm warm to it but I think I'm starting to warm to the bat one this year as well What about you?
1: I, I like it too because it's blue It's Napoli blue I think it works Are they wearing it this year on Halloween though? They've already worn it, haven't they? But I don't uh. know if they're wearing it this weekend or not I, th- I
2: think it does look quite good. I, I remember not to, not long back actually. I think I messaged you, Edie, asking if it was available in kid sizes because my little boy Arlo saw it and immediately wanted one. But I've not not seen it in any kid sizes anywhere yet.
0: That's uh, yeah, it's not a cheap Halloween present that either. In terms of what the men's <laughs> the men's ones went for. So, um, but
1: Tom, you had a new arrival this week, didn't you? I did. I had the uh, Inter Milan third shirt. Uh, I went for the dry fit ADV and it is absolutely beautiful. I really liked it. The the cuffs and the collar had a real like kind of retro vibe to it. And I thought, solid, I'm gonna go for it because I wasn't a fan of the away shirt this year. But yeah, I'm very very pleased with it. And Nike still king of the the professional version of shirts, I think they far superior to the other manufacturers, in my opinion.
2: I'd like to give a follow up to last week because you mentioned my ruined name set with uh, Chupo Moting on the back. Now, firstly, I still haven't even received that shirt yet. So for anybody who's going to be buying directly from buying club shop, be prepared for a long wait. Anyway, even worse than that, the reason I bought from the club shop and paid, I think it was, uh, it's 80 quid on Adidas with the name set and I paid 99 pounds to buy it direct was because cheap promoting namesets have never been stocked on Adidas and it finally made it to this country and the tracking says it's due to be delivered to me tomorrow and today Adidas stocked cheap promoting namesets on all of their <laughs> shirts so I could have saved myself a good 20 quid just by waiting <laughs> honestly <laughs> seriously I, I am absolutely fucking doomed with these promoting name sets. namesets, my, my plan was to try and get his name on every shirt he has worn for Bayern wow. and at this rate I'm just not even going to bother I just well but then having said that if I decide to buy either the home away third or I believe they still got it stock of the Oktoberfest from the Adidas app then I might be able to get him easier on the other ones now
1: he, he's having an Indian summer in his career isn't he He's he really is starting yeah. regularly now no, he's not. He is just as good as he has been every season. Just nobody's <laughs> paid any
2: attention. He, he no, no, all jokes aside, he's obviously with, with Lewandowski going and a and a straight up number nine not really being brought in with obviously Muller playing less minutes than he used to. He's getting a good bit of game time and he's scoring some goals and he's creating some goals and he's looking really, really good. And I'm you I'm not saying he will win Ballon d'Or next year, but I think we all have to agree that it's a possibility.
1: Look, it worked for Benzema when Ronaldo left,
0: so... Yeah, he's finally turning into the player his agent, always told everybody he was. Right, <laughs> We have got for you this week, Kit History, a trick-or-treat quiz, our weekly feature of Her Game 2 co-founder Lucy Ford, but first, onto this week's news. we are fans of shirt design and innovation and hats off to racing club over in argentina who
1: have come up with a world's first they have but what they've done i think is genius and we love to see it because inclusivity is what the game is all about the game that we all love and what a great idea that they've designed a shirt and as far as we know it's the first time it's ever been done but these shirts the home shirts for racing club they have a a fold within the front of the shirt that allows mothers to breastfeed whilst being at the game watching the game out in public and it allows them to be discreet but also to be able to feed their baby so it's a great idea and one that we very much welcome seeing i think it's genius bit of design so yeah well done to racing club
2: yeah it's a great idea i I, I asked the the person I thought that was most qualified to to tell me what they thought about this, which was my wife, and she said she thought it was a great idea, and she said that you know when she was feed, feeding the kids when they were younger, she would she would love to have had something like that as an option to her. So obviously there is clearly a market for it. So I'd like to see it more
0: well on that a really good thing about it as well is they haven't patented the design so they've on purpose left it open so that other clubs other manufacturers can come in and and offer the same sort of garment for for their teams as well so it's i think it's really sort of commendable of them
1: yeah so big up for kappa for designing this and for leaving that patent open i think there are brands that we all love and love to heap praise on but this is something they've done that's really unique and really forward-thinking here, hear.
0: Right, it is Halloween, so let's move on to reports of a Manto de Massacre
2: over in Brazil. So this is Fletico Mineiro, right? Yeah, so Adidas have confirmed that they, the, the Manto de Massa will be no more. Obviously this, I don't know how much people are aware of this. Most people who listen to this podcast probably are, but it was never really a proper football shirt without sounding like a snob. It, it was never designed to be worn on the pitch. It was simply a, a fan shirt. Um, so Adidas have basically said that that's not going to happen anymore. So, yeah, it's it's dependent on whether it's done in-house or not. What do you guys think of that? Were you fans of the, the the shirts anyway?
1: I wasn't on the basis they aren't worn on the pitch and in games. They're, they're great designs, don't get me wrong. I think they're lovely, but 75 quid a pop, were they? That's before shipping. For me, that's too expensive for what's essentially a, a T-shirt, so... Uh, not one for me. I'm sure a lot of people will be disappointed Ali aren't gonna run with this, but who knows, we might see them made by the club or distributed by the club if they're a fan based thing. So but not one I'll miss.
0: Yeah, it's a really nice way that the club has been engaging with the fan base. So so that's that's nice to see, isn't it? And um, yeah, the fact the shirts have always been I say always since twenty twenty, have always been band designed. I think it's really nice. I reckon they probably will go the in-house route won't they because it's surely they want to keep that tradition going now and and that link with the fans.
1: Oh definitely. I mean look how much more visibility they've given the club as well because I mean there's not a lot I could have told you about Mineiro until 2020 with these Mantos de Damascus shirts. So in that respect it's a huge success for them. Well we will um
0: we'll see what happens. Big news breaking in the WSL this weekend as there's been a change to one of the teams kits and um, for a very good reason.
2: Yeah, so I think this is a really interesting one um, We all love uh, a kit switch And things changing from Well, I say we love Some of us love things changing from tradition uh, And so the Man City women's team Will be switching their white shorts to burgundy This is to basically make the players more comfortable on, well, Whilst they're on their period Because let's face it I'm sure that's not you know comfortable for the women to be playing in white shorts um, So I think it's a really good move Uh, not only that I think the shorts will look really good with those shirts as well those Man City shirts for me were one of the best this season with the 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 claret trim so yeah although they're sorry they call it burgundy so I think it'll be a a good looking kit as well
1: yes a a really interesting story this and kind of fresh off the, the block so to speak but what, so what essentially Gareth Taylor the the Man City manager said in a press conference was that the, this has feed, been feedback from the players they were uncomfortable playing in the white shorts so the club have listened to that spoken to Puma and this was with a view to changing the Man City women's team home colours next season but Puma have said why wait let's do it now and they'll be wearing the Burgundy shorts for the first time this weekend so yeah another really positive news story I think
0: Ah, brilliant that's um, yeah like you say a really good news story to wrap up this week's news right let's move on to kit history kit history kit history we haven't made it up kit history kit history we read it on wikipedia
2: So for kit history this week, unfortunately, I couldn't find anything Halloween themed, but I do have a question for you two guys. Do you know what links kit wise Fiorentina with Universitario from Peru?
1: No idea. Is it the Fleur de I was
2: no, I, I'm guessing from the blank look on both of your faces, you have no idea. No. It's nothing to do with design, it's nothing to do with badges, it's nothing to do with colours, it's actually just the way they came about getting their club colours. So, let's start with Fiorentina. As everybody knows, Fiorentina wear purple or violet, whatever you want to call it. Uh, most people also know that they started out wearing red and white. So, the tradition is that they they came to wear those purple because the, the color of the red ran into the white whilst the kit was being washed in the river. And then from 1928, they, they stuck with that as the purple. Now, the reason that is similar to Universitario is because basically they also started out wearing red and white. So Perusma successful team originally wore red and white shirts with a big red U for a badge. Before a big game, the kits hadn't been returned uh, from laundry. So the management pushed to get them back in time for kickoff. In the rush, laundry forgot to remove the red badge. This caused the color to run and we ended up with a cream shirt and faded badges. But they, w- they went ahead and wore them. They won the game and management decided they liked them. So they kept them. And that is why Fiorentina and Universitario will always be linked.
1: I love that. My favorite kit history stories are ones with laundry mishaps. <laughs> 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 because they're so like, I mean, is, is it real? Is that real?
2: It, the thing, did you know what? It's, it's like we always say for, for any, just just by the way, if anybody's listening and they said they don't think it is real, we don't care. Don't bother. Let us <laughs> yeah, know. I don't know if you're know? no, Yeah, it's, it's, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. It's just a bit of fun. But, but yeah, the thing is, the truth is, when I dig into all of these things, All stories around every single club are refuted by someone. But, you know, there's no smoke without fire. So these rumours, some some of them have to have come from somewhere.
0: Nice. Well, Mike, that wraps up this week's Kit History. And, of course, we'll be returning for more Kit History
1: next week. Let's move on to this week's feature, gentlemen. Really good feature this week, as we spoke to the co-founder of Her Game 2, Lucy Ford. So today for our feature on They Think It's All Over, we have a very special guest with us who was the co-founder in 2021 of one of the leading football programs out there and one that is taking over the game for very good causes. And I want to welcome with us today, we have Lucy Ford from Her Game 2.
3: Hello, how are you?
1: Yeah, we're good. Thank you so much for joining us. We've been kind of wanting to get someone from Her Game 2 on for a, a while now because we're, we're big fans of the of the campaign and of the, the shirt that we'll come on to a little bit later. But I guess first things first, do you maybe want to give a quick introduction of yourself and how this all came about?
3: Yeah. So uh, hi, everyone. I'm Lucy. Um, so for reference, I am a big Bristol Rovers fan. Um, have been supporting them since the age of ten. I'm not ten years old anymore, so <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a crazy. 16 years supporting the gas through a lot of ups and downs. And um, my very good friend Cass, um, who's also a fellow Bristol Rovers fan, obviously with lockdown, we were all kind of watching games on iFollow. Um, and she basically tweeted about scoreline for another team and got like a ridiculous amount of abuse, you know sexist abuse comments such as you know get back to the kitchen you know nothing about football because you're a woman um and really personal abuse about how it looks um and you know it really did affect her and she said to me at, like, at the time you know if uh, we were going to games in person um and that had happened like she wouldn't, wouldn't want to um, and she's a season to holder like myself and then it was about april and april um she came to me and said you know do you feel like there's a campaign out there tackling sexism in football and I said I wasn't really aware of one I knew of rainbow laces for homophobia you know kick it out for racism um I didn't feel like there's anything really out there talking about sexism um and at the time you know it felt like on social media because that was where a lot of us, you know, when we we're watching games, you know, you'd be tweeting, you'd, you know, talking to your friends, people that you know on social media. Sometimes people that you don't know just kind of interact about the games, which is a positive thing. But then there was just this, I just noticed this increase of, you know, sexist comments and abuse. and It was really, really difficult to read, mm. um, you know, towards journalists. I remember Michelle Owen commenting about it. And obviously I said to Kaz, you know, I wasn't aware of anything. And she said, well, why don't we do... A video kind of highlighting highlight our experiences and I was like yeah absolutely it was like a no-brainer um so we we had to think about um other girls we wanted involved so we messaged them on on Twitter and said you know do you fancy being a part of this no it was just initially it was just a video kind of highlighting our experiences so we decided to put it out on FA Cup final day and that's when like yeah, everything changed. It just um, went crazy, didn't it? it, <laughs> it went crazy. I mean, the initial video it. got a million views in 24 hours, which was on Twitter, which was beyond anything we could have ever imagined, to be honest. And from then, you know, we decided to do a survey um, just kind of getting out of people's experience because obviously from that first day, we we had people messaging us and, you know, this is my experience too. And, you know, that survey was really, really quite telling, you know, out of almost 400 responses over 90 2% had said they they'd seen sexism online towards a woman in football and over 63% experienced it themselves online and over 58% experienced it in a pub or at the ground
2: mm.
3: and one of the things that we noticed was not having the reporting systems or knowing or feeling like they could report it and feel like they'd be taken seriously and um, so that's why we went to the clubs really and said you know and this is what we're about, you know, we really feel like there should be places that fans know where to report incidents, and, you know, safe space for everyone to go and watch the game, because, you know, you're all supposed to be supporting the one team, your one fan base, your one family, people shouldn't be targeted for any reason, their race, sexuality, anything, and, you know, the clubs that we are partnered with have been really, really supportive, done some incredible things to support us, you know, whether it's Obviously, we've had the reporting systems in place, you know, dedicated fixtures, things around the ground, um, women's teams playing at the ground. Um, I know obviously my own team, we did a double header last last April, and that was amazing. You know, the women's team played at the mem after the men's team played Forest Green, their biggest attendance, and you know, speaking to a few of the players that night, they were they were just in awe of the experience and how incredible the atmosphere was. And yeah, it's been, you know, we still know that there's a long way to go and, you know, we've taken it into other sports such as cricket um, and rugby as well but, you know, we definitely feel like people are starting to recognise that, you know, sexism shouldn't be tolerated, like any type of discrimination, you know, I'm extremely proud to be a part of it and yeah, just obviously, you know, we all hope that we get to the day that, you know, we don't the minority that do these things and say these things are the minority and that that they don't
2: attend football anymore it, I think what, what what everybody involved is doing is is really important as uh, somebody who's you know not even just my wife who I take to football games with now and again but I'm growing up with a daughter as well so the idea of so you know somebody working towards you know making that a safe place for me to take my daughter as well because I'll be honest with you I, I can see why people wouldn't because I, I'm, a, I'm an Aston Villa fan and um, I, I share a season ticket to go there and at the moment, I wouldn't even take my little boy, let alone my little girl, because, you know, it's it, it's not always a safe space for people. And the one thing I would say is I think that uh, a mess- the message you, you you girls are all putting out is fantastic. But I'd also say that I believe that, you know, this isn't just about women speaking up. I think that men have got a duty to do something. And about it as well if I was at a game I wouldn't stand back and allow somebody to be racially abused so I wouldn't I wouldn't allow somebody to be you know uh, abused in a sexist way either but just uh, what what would you say to any any young girls that are going to games and you know and they are hearing things that that they don't want to what what would your advice be to them Would sh- should they just get up and report it
3: yeah absolutely I think that's that's the thing you know the reporting system should be there they should be able to go to stewards and say you know what this is happening to me with the clubs that we are partnered with they have the reporting systems so the posters it's either a phone number or a text number or email we've also got a reporting system on our website as well so we can kind of follow up with the clubs if we're partnered with them and we've got an ambassador for that club we can take it to the club and say look we've had this report through from you know this game if if someone feels like they want to do it and they want to do it anonymously as well Um, Because that's really important because some people may not feel comfortable saying, you know, this has happened to me, this is who I am, but just feel like they actually want to say, you know, this has happened, but I just, I don't want to, I want to keep my identity private, which is absolutely understandable. But yeah, I think what you are saying about male male allies is really important as well. And I think I've definitely noticed that on social media um, in the last year or so is, you know, you see, seeing those male allies kind of stand up and be like, no, like why are you saying that? That's not okay. Um, And I'm really, really grateful in my my family um, to have male influencers who are who have always been and still are so supportive of me, loving football, supporting the same team. I mean, I I laugh because the story I tell people is when I was, like, a baby and I was born literally just before Euro 96, my dad was looking after me whilst my mum was having a bath or doing something. And, you know, she came down and, you know, Euros was on the TV and I was sat there quietly watching him and, and... my mum was like, is, is she OK? She's like, yeah, yeah, she's just she's quietly watching the football. And my mum said to me, I should have known then you were going to be a football fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was always, it was literally in me from like a baby. I just didn't know it then.
1: I think, um, as you've both said, it's, it's it's terrible that we're in this position where a campaign like this is needed. and But it's so heartening to see the response Since you started this up in 2021, I mean, the amount of clubs that have got behind this to support what you're doing, Villa, one of those, Mike, you've got Everton, Fulham, Bristol Rovers, you've got Sutton United. I mean, we're talking all levels of the game and they're all back in this initiative. It's great for visibility. But one of the things that you did that was great, and we'd really like to hear a bit more about it, is this special kit.
3: Yeah, it was. um, Yeah, so our merchandise partner is or one of our is Hope and Glory. Um now they do football kits for, for such as Barry AFC. Um and they came to us literally on the first day and was like, we really love what you're doing. Um we really want to support you. And I was like, oh I've heard of them. Like I've heard of them in Manchester. I used to live in Manchester so I was like, I, I know of them. I think I've, I've seen their kits, they're really cool. Um so yeah they just started like doing like hoodies and stuff because we wanted to put the money back into supporting grassroots girls football because that's one of our, our one of our aims as well as well as tackling the sexism is promoting women and girls participation in the game in, in all kind of aspects but also um, supporting grassroots football um, because that's so important and I think you know we could talk about the Euros and how incredible that is but like Ian Wright said himself like if these g- young girls don't get the opportunity to play it in school um, then what, what was the last like several months for and mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and then they said, you know, came to us and said, you know, it'd be amazing if we could do this this shirt. And I was like, oh my God, that, that's so exciting. And then you know, to see girls wearing it um, would be like the coolest thing ever. And then they came to us and, you know, our kind of, our main colours are black, um, white and yellow. And, and they were like, we wanted to have the design. So it kind of represented um, women and girls from all backgrounds as well. So like the detail in it is just absolutely incredible. And when it came out, I was just, I was just in awe. I was just like, wow, this, this is just doesn't even look. Obviously, it looked real, but I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this can't be real because it was so. It feels like so long ago now. It's like over each over a year ago, and yeah, I'll I'm really lucky to have one of the shirts. And you know, when it went on and um, sell, so like the demand was incredible. Like they said that you know they only have one or two pre sales. I think we've like sold it now or had it on to be sold because it obviously takes a little while to make, like four or five times over the last year. Um, And I remember one thing that always sticks in my head was one year – sorry, last year there was one tweet and it was this guy saying, you know, usually I have Christmas pyjamas – and it was on Christmas Eve and this year, like, we're all wearing Her Game 2 shirts. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, like, that is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was, yeah, it was just, like, things like that. It's just sometimes you have to really, like, just sit back and be like, wow. Um, so, yeah, like, that, that shirt is just amazing. And, you know, I've, you know, I, I can't remember. It was, like, when we were seeing, um on, like, on dedicated pictures and, um. One of my friends' little girls was going to her first game. Like she actually was going to the Bristol City dedicated fixture, um, and she was wearing a Hurricane Game two top. And it was just, and it was really lovely to see. And I was just like,
1: oh, better that's than the City so... top, Lucy. That's what you. Want yeah, to say.
3: I know. I know. <laughs> I know. We're so so grateful for hope and to hope and glory for their support on on that and just making this incredible idea just come to life.
2: They're they're are a good manufacturer to have, to have partnered up with that because they do a lot of really good sort of bespoke stuff rather than yeah. sort of like just getting a team wear thing and sticking a badge on it and I think yeah. they they also make a uh, Molten Town kits which is my local team as well and every everything that they touch is just gold to be honest with you so it's, I think it's great that they came to you as well so 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 you are a kit fan as well then it's it's not it's not just the her game too you're into your football kits
3: uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking around my room now, and I have boxes of shirts from <laughs> literally from. I think my my first shirt I got. what it was in my 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 grandparents actually bought it for me, and I, I, I I'm sure there's pictures somewhere. I can't find them because I don't have one, um, on me, um, of my, my first rover shirt. I think it's from like ninety nine two thousand one season, and I used to wear it as a night dress, and then I found <laughs> it out about in lockdown actually I thought I'm gonna try it on and it was a little bit of a squeeze and I looked at the size it was like size like 22 I like shirt size 22 in terms of like kiddie size I was like yeah probably shouldn't be able to fit in that anymore.
1: Mike um, might be able to fit into that one for, for this regular <laughs> listeners. He's then, a very small man, Lucy. That's what you need to know.
3: And um, yeah, and then I after that, I think it was when I started going. So I started going in 2006, six seven season. After that, I would, you know, I'd get every home shirt that I can. And then my grandparents would usually, usually buy me an away shirt for, for Christmas um on my birthday my birthday is like the beginning of June so usually we'd have to wait until I'd be, get, hopefully get the home shirt I'd, like get it with like holiday money or you know birth- mm-hmm. left over birthday money and then they would say oh they used to buy me the away shirt on like for Christmas and they used to love it and then I'd put it on and wear it and obviously now I've got a little bit older I I, I, I just, I'm a bit of a sucker for a rover shirt. I mean, I've seen. I mean, it's I've, a great
1: combo. The, the blue and white quarters. It's one of the. Yeah, classic. the
3: blue and white quarters are so iconic. Like I, obviously, you know, there are other clubs that do wear it, but in, but in England, it just, it's just us. Everyone knows that blue and white quarters. You know, it's rovers. It's a gas. And I'm looking at actually at my wall, and um, it's a picture my uh, my granddad gave to me, and it was like of the rovers team, like the late 50s. And it's a black and white picture, but you can still see the quarters. And they've had yeah. it for like so long. Obviously, they were the the black arrows back in eighteen eighty three, and they had the black with the yellow strip. And that was they wore it one. They did one kind of special year. I think it was would have been twenty thirteen. Um, oh no, was it no? It was two thousand eight actually. So tell a lie. It was one hundred twenty five years um since, and they decided to wear it on this one-off game against Swindon and I remember them wearing it. It was so weird to see it in black but the, the kit was really cool.
1: See, Rovers, have they've always been great. They've always done these kind of special edition shirts, haven't they? I remember years ago they did the pink, the pink Town yeah. in construction. It was a limited edition shirt. I mean, Breast really cool.
3: cancer. Well, what it was was they actually did it as a April Fools, ah. and um, and they were like, oh, like, wait, this is going to be our new kit for next season and then people were like, Oh actually I quite like that. And also like, oh, it's actually an April Fools. Yeah, and they decided to I think they wore it in a one off like pre season game. Um but I think that was 2005-6 2000 like just before the two thousand six, seven season, I think. Um, around then and yeah, and they sold it and it raised money for, for breast cancer, um, which is really, really great actually. But yeah, I, I think I've got that shirt. I think um I managed to um buy one off somebody they're yeah, hard to come
1: a, by i know that i know very that. hard yeah. to come
3: by so I'm, I'm pretty lucky to have that one
2: I was, I was actually having a little look before uh, I came on into sort of like a little bit of the history with, with Rover shirts. And, and just, just so you know, I did have a little look to see and they've worn a quarter since 1931. So it is, it is a long old time. But not, not just that, I had a little look back over some of the manufacturers they've had over the years as well. And they're, they've basically, it's a who's who of the sort of like the, the, the early 90s manufacturers. So if I go through the list, we've got Henson, Spall, Matchwinner, the cox sportive they they even have some kits manufactured i think it's pronounced seeker i remember the seeker blades football (laughs) boots from like the mid 90s um onto Avec strike force area and macron that's an incredible list of manufacturers
3: yeah i know i mean um, we're also partnered with the terrace and they kind of remade a couple of the shirts um from like the early 90s um and i know that I, I bought one of them because I was like I've always wanted this kit. Honestly, I would love to have the real version, but that is like, but well, if they're sold on eBay, like if they put on eBay, they go they're going on at like hundred quid a time, and I'm like as mm. much as I want one, I'm not gonna justify paying <laughs> <getting> that moment. <laughs> no but they yeah, but the, the remake is pretty cool, and and you know the done a really good job on on matching up to almost identical.
1: With with that being said, we do have to ask you put you on the spot. Your favorite Rover shirt, then.
3: Okay, so. My favourite one, obviously, you know, I love the blue and white quarters, is actually a away shirt. So it's probably easier to explain the story. So it is last year's away kit of the yellow and green quarters. But the reason why I say that is um, we actually had the green and yellow quarters back in the early 90s. Um, and it was my grander's favourite shirt. Favourite oh. ever shirt. And he would say to me every season, Oh, I wish we could go back to the green and yellow quarters. I wish we could go back to the green and yellow quarters. Um and and sadly he passed away back in um in April 2021. Um and uh on the on the day that he passed away, my my cousin actually found the the version, the actual night the early 90s shirt and said, you know, I think you should have this. So I've got it hung up on my wardrobe now, so I can see it just there. And then obviously you know a couple of months have passed and then I kit like, release day and it's the green and yellow quarters and I'm just like that's we haven't had that shirt for like 30 years and of all the years to have it we've got it now um so for me seeing it, it was quite emotional so I had to buy yeah. the the new one um and I love that shirt we had so many good experiences in that away shirt last the promotion
1: year. year too as well
3: exactly exactly yeah. um you know we I mean I could I'd do a whole speak about how incredible the back end of last season was because it really was just the most maddest four months of my life to be honest I, I mean I I just, yeah I even now to talk about it it's just it, it's it still gives me goosebumps what happened because it was the most incredible way to get promoted but um but yeah no that that shirt kind of means a lot to me um and I'm you know I I've I only wore that shirt once um the original one but yeah, I, I can't, you know, I'm never going to put it away. It's just hanging on my wardrobe, the, the original one, not the, mm. the away shirt. The away shirts, I think that's uh, in a box somewhere because obviously I've got my new ones for this year now. Yeah, that's why I, That's why I went for that one.
1: I love that. I think that's a great story. And I mean, we all collect shirts for loads of different reasons, but the, the best reasons are, are those ones with the emotional attachment, like you said, yeah. and then you can add the, the good memories on pitch to it as well. I think that's one of the best choices we've had, actually, for favourite shirt.
2: Tom, Tom came up with this question and we ask everybody now. So if you could take any Bristol Rovers player from any era to play in any Bristol Rovers kit, which player would you choose and which kit would you choose?
3: So uh, obviously I knew about this question and for me it was easy. So obviously I'm going to go for that shirt that I just spoke about, the the original one, obviously not last year, just because it's so special. And the player is also very easy. I'm going to go for Ricky Lambert because he's my favourite all-time player. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just... You've, you've when got he, to when do he, the
1: song, Lucy. You've got to got... do
3: <laughs> I can't do this lot of but i will tell a story i will tell a story instead if that's okay so the reason why he's my favorite player is so i was lucky enough to be i was picked out how to be mascot one day um october 2008 so i was like 12 yeah i was 12 years old um and it's quite funny to talk about now because i was like i was so excited that i was picked it's like four weeks ago and said no it's going to be against south end it's going to be the 25th of um, October and I was like, oh, this is so exciting! Got my hair done the day before, got my braces changed <laughs> a little bit. I mean, this is sad. Um, yeah, so we play end United. Um, he's my favorite player. Picture with him, and he goes out and scores a hat trick in the first half. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is amazing! <laughs> um, yeah, and that day we won four two. He scored four goals. So first half hat trick, fourth goal. Um, coming over the second player to score at home, like four goals at home. Um, after Jeff Bradford, who was my granddad's favorite ever player, um, and actually scored for England when, um, he was actually playing for Rovers. He was like, club kind of stayed at Rovers his whole career. And yeah, and I remember telling him, at, you know, young Pirates Christmas party that like I was mascot, and he was like, Oh, you should be mascot all the time. And yeah, when he when he left here at Southampton, I was gutted. Um, and my mum was like, you know, you can always follow his career. He'll come good. Like he's a good player, and obviously had the most incredible career. Played for England, scored on debut, and I was a bit against like,
1: Scotland. A, a winner against is. Scotland. Yeah, exactly. And all the people blistered. that
3: was like saying stuff. I was like, told you. Um, <laughs> it was kind of like a bit like, uh, yeah, I told you so. Um, but yeah, and, and yeah, and I, I was really lucky. I got to. i uh, was at uh, an event about. 11 years after um, we went to a, I think it was like a old players were there and able to show him the picture and and tell him the story of when I was mascot and he was like oh so I, I was like I he's like I definitely don't look like that up anymore <laughs> bearded and I was like I love anymore with braces <laughs> yeah, and it, it was just and it was really nice because it was like he was the same person that I met in 2008 and it was just such a nice feeling that who started from literally like Liverpool youth team to you know working in a beachy factory came all the way through to play in England, play for Liverpool, play in the Premier League, could still be that down to earth. And I, I hmm. always reflected that when I when I met him. But yeah, it was, it was a, it was a surreal it was a surreal time. So yeah, it had to be those two. I,
2: I, I think I think you'd be hard pushed to find anybody that doesn't really like Ricky Lambert, to be honest with you. I I um I'm a Cheltenham boy, so I, I grew up as a Cheltenham Town fan as well. Uh, so, but he, 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 even as a Cheltenham Town fan, I still like Ricky Lambert. I think he's, any players like him, the Vardis, the Tyro Mings that have, you know, really, really paid their dues and played in the lower leagues and worked their way up, I think everybody likes them. But I've, I've got to ask one thing. I, I, I've i been in the away end down at the Memorial Stadium and it's not a nice place to go for away fans, that I will say.
3: Uh, no, do, no, no, no.
2: Do, do they still have the cages for the away fans getting out?
3: Uh, I don't is, is know, it? I guess, cause I'm not in there. I can't say for sure.
2: <laughs> I remember, I, th- I think it would have been around 2003. We, we, we came down for an away day down at, at Mem and um, we lost cause Cheltenham often do. Um, And on the way out, it was probably the most intimidating experience of my life cause we, we were, we exited out of the away stand and we were lined with a cage to protect us from the fans. But what they just, they didn't do anything. You know, it was all harmless. But they literally just shook the cage for the whole time we were walking oh, out. I <laughs> don't know. I can't, I
3: can't, I've not heard of anyone mention that mentioned in the recent years yeah. I'm not sure but...
2: but they they might have got rid of them now because obviously <laughs> I mean especially from the, even back in the 90s and early 2000s a lot of the laws have changed with what you can't yeah. have you know with yeah. regards to restricting people but even even so for anybody who hasn't they need to get down to the memorial though I think it's a it's a really quirky proper English football ground that you don't see many of anymore so I'd recommend <laughs> no. anybody getting there
3: and advise not to come when it's raining. If you're in there, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yes. Bring a coat. Bring a coat. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we've even we've got an away bar now, so you know, it might be a tent, but it's there. So.
1: <laughs> well, if neither of you two are gonna say it, I'm gonna have to go. Ooh, are Ricky Lambert? I've got to. I've got to do it. <laughs> it was one of the best songs in the football league. But Lucy, thanks so much for joining us today. We've really, really enjoyed that, and like. We just want to emphasise how much of an important cause this is. So if no one follows Her Game 2, please make sure you're following on the socials, on Twitter.
3: The Twitter, the Facebook and the Instagram is all at Her Game 2. Twitter and Instagram is all one word. um, And Facebook is, yeah, the three words.
1: Perfect. And also, please don't forget to follow Lucy on Twitter as well. She's at LucyFords underscore. And also, please check out the Hope and Glory shirt because I did check and they're in stock at the moment, which I think is quite rare because they do sell out. So please have a look. For anyone that hasn't seen it, very much Marseille away vibes from the other year. So it's a great shirt. So please do check that out. But Lucy, thanks so much for joining us.
3: No worries. Thanks for having me on.
0: tell you what that has to be one of the best stories i've heard behind somebody choosing their favorite kit
1: yeah i completely agree i think the best stories are always the ones with that emotional attachment and you know lucy's story was it was full of that and it's exactly why we all collect shirts and the kind of stories we love to hear
2: yeah, it I will be honest with you, it's it's straight up my my favorite, uh, sort of like favorite shirt story we we've had since doing the pod. I think it's brilliant is somebody who as a Cheltenham Town fan uh, got into supporting Cheltenham Town because of my grandparents living on the road where the stadium was. I, I understand connections like that and I think it means an awful lot and it, it was brilliant. A really, really nice story.
0: Here, here. Let's move on to a little quiz I've got for you gentlemen this week. I've got a Halloween quiz called Trick or Treat. Now
2: The aim of this quiz
0: is, a bit like higher or lower, I'm going to list off some footballers who had a notoriously monstrous reputation on the pitch and picked up an awful lot of red cards. I'm going to give you the first player, uh, the amount of red cards they had, and then you're going to take it in turns to go higher or lower. But instead of higher or lower, of course, you're going to say trick or treat. Trick being higher and treat being lower. Do we all understand? Yes. Yes
2: yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna say sorry i'm gonna say yes and i hope your research was better than last week's
0: <laughs> no comment uh, no my uh, my research this week is so good it's not even from wikipedia it's that good so tom we're gonna let you go first this week the first player that i have for you is matteo contini He's defender from Italy, played for clubs like AC Milan, Napoli, Parma and Real Zaragoza over in Spain. He picked up 20 red cards during his professional career. Wow. The first player, the next player I've got for you is Gary Medel. How many red cards has he picked up?
1: He is a little goblin, isn't he, Gary Medell? Um I think he's got less than 20, though, so I'm going to say treat. Well done. Treats. Yes, 18
0: red cards at the time of recording. Mike, we have got the little goblin, as Tom said, Medal <laughs> with his 18 red cards. How many red cards does Gerardo Bodoia have? Bodoia was a Colombian defender who retired at the age of 46 playing for the likes of Racing Club, who we mentioned today already, Boca Juniors, uh, and a host of clubs
2: in Colombia as well. The, the the South Americans can be a bit fiery, can't they? And so, so can the, the games they play in. So I'm going to take a gamble. And even though Medell the, the Goblin was quite high on 18, I'm going to go uh, trick. Good, cool.
0: Yeah, Gerardo Bedoya picked up 46 red cards in his professional career. <laughs> what? So, uh, yeah. Insane. Cool. Tom,
1: for you, we're going to stay with a South American and we're going to go with Paolo Montero. Juventus, definitely, that's where I remember him He was terrifying, wasn't he, Montero But he could never have got more than 46 So, uh, treat Treat Treat, yeah, he got a measly 21 Mike,
0: Philippe Mello. He was infamous for his antics on the pitch Aptly named the Pitbull, the Brazilian international Racked up more or less red cards than Paulo Montero is 21 I'm going to say lower. So treat. Yep. He only picked up 20 red cards. Hardly trying. Fernando Amorabieta. I'm sure I pronounced that absolutely spot on. He's a Venezuelan centre back. No nonsense.
1: He played for Athletic Bilbao, <laughs> Fulham and Middlesbrough. Did he it's... get more or less? I remember him at Fulham, but I don't remember him being like particularly dirty. So I'm going to say less and go, oh, this is going to be a trick question, isn't it? Which makes me think I should go trick. you got more. treat. he's not left. The initial tree, okay, yeah, all
0: right, yeah, it so keeps going. You're you're right, he got less. He only got 19 red <laughs> cards. Coming up next, Mike, we have got, for you, Rafael Marquez. Considered a legend in Mexican football history, how many red cards did he pick up during that career? With uh, two Champions League titles, baller Liga titles, and he also won the French Liga with Monaco.
2: I'm going to go lower and say "Treat again. I don't believe he got more than 19. He picked up 21
0: red cards, Mike. Oh. 21. Let's have a uh, let's have a last one because I'm sure people are getting as bored as I am. Um, <laughs> and let's stay on the other side of uh, El Clasico. Let's go with Sergio Ramos. So oh, the...
1: One of the best descriptions of a man I've ever read about Sergio Ramos. Football's most handsome bastard. Definitely got more. Red cards, so I'll say treat. No, trick, <laughs> trick, trick, <laughs> trick.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so you know, you're right at the time of recording, and um, uh, PSG have to play this weekend, so this figure may well have gone up. Uh,
2: he has 28 red cards in his career to date, so um, yeah, we're, great- we're, which would usually feel quite high if we hadn't have heard about Bedoya, who got 46. That's more league appearances than Peggy Arfigs had made in his entire career,
0: yeah. I mean. I need to look into. I'm, I'm reading a little bit into him, and it looks like he then became a manager. And 21 minutes into his first match as manager, he also got sent off. So th- this guy, <laughs> he's he definitely got uh, a bit of a temper, I'd guess. I give up. An absolute disgrace. I am flabbergasted. Analyse it till the coach come on. Shocking. I am. I am disgusted with really. it. How you doing, guys? It's Paul here at. Fit Boss shirts What I would put into 101 Would be Venezia Under Kappa All Kappa stuff uh, That they've done for Venezia For me It's all just Incredibly overrated Overhyped Overpriced Every time they release a shirt I think they've done six shirts now It's just becoming more and more elaborate With the photo shoots And it's just a load of bollocks for me Um, It's just become one of these things where they could literally release anything now and people would just lap it up. Of the six shots they've done, I think this season's home is the worst of the lot. Genuinely a horrific football shot that I hear people waxing lyrical about all the time and I just don't get it. Cheers, guys.
2: Yeah, uh, surely AD's got to re- reply to this first.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm conflicted here, so I think i've gone on record as saying i do think this year's are horrendous i do think people have just jumped on the bandwagon or they're still on a bandwagon they jumped on and they can't be objective about them enough to say that actually uh last year was a one-off in terms of last year's i did like last year's uh, there were four last year and i've got a couple of them i just like the fact that they were different and they were trying to push boundaries so uh, yeah I, I don't completely agree but certainly uh yeah this year i can see where he's coming
1: from i just think it's hilarious everybody thought we was going to get an angry Scott free episode and there comes paul steaming <laughs> in <laughs> um i'm also a bit conflicted because if he'd said this about the shirts last year i would have disagreed but based on the shirts this year i completely agree with him thought the shirts last year were were good overall Um the hype was perhaps too much i think cfs put them or the home shirt as their shirt of the year which I certainly wouldn't have done that but the ones this year I I don't think they're anything special in fact two of them I think are objectively bad the home one is just a fine shirt and yeah the hype is ridiculous for them Um, so based on what is current and now I would agree with Paul and I'd say yeah throw them away Uh, yeah I've got to be honest I think I'm
2: with him as well especially because I think if I look back over Venezia shirts over I don't know, maybe through... uh, I know there was a club change and so on and all that stuff that went with it, but um, I think in the 90s they had some by Deodora, some Verma kits, some Kronos kits, and they were amazing. I think they were so, so good. And I know I look back to the 90s at most kits and think they were better than now. However, I do think those legitimately were better than now. And even to add to that, I actually think Venezia's best kit of recent years was... Somebody will be able to tell me with, I think it was the home kit by Nike that had the the hoops in the orange, the green, and the black. I don't own a Venezia shirt, but if I was going to go and buy one tomorrow, it 100% would be that shirt. I think it blows anything out of the water that Kappa did. Not knocking last season's, because I do think last season's was a half decent set of kits that Kappa did. But I do have to agree with Paul, because I think that a lot of it, a bit like what we talked about with the AIK box shirts. There's a lot of guff that goes with it there's the photo shoots there's the speed boats there's the wellies it's just there's a lot to unwrap in in a venezia kit now and and i and I have to say I probably agree with him, and I would bin the the kappa shirts but
0: like the part of his that is a bit of what like football shirts are now It is around that fashion shoe it is around um hyperbole and and building it up and making it a brand and fashion icon. And I just think last year's were so different. They were fun. People did take them too seriously and, and, you know, what have you. But that's part of Football culture culture and that's going to be part of the fabric of the history as well i think especially last year's will be part of the history of football shirts as you say i don't think it, the home shirt was the best shirt of a year but um as a set of shirts it, they were different they were game changers and they're certainly in a sort of in top 10 maybe a couple of them for shirts of a year i just think i said how can you how can we bin
1: what was one uh, of the top 10 shirts of a year i agree with you i think last year especially the kits were great but you know they have annoyed me they've annoyed me massively and there's a reason i haven't got the home one in particular but- because I waited and waited and waited for them to stock somewhere with namesets or personalization because I was desperate for an ampidoo shirt it never came and I don't think it's ever gonna come or happen so I don't have that shirt so it's annoyed me so much I can't I can't forgive them for it so I'm, I'm gonna stick to throwing them away well
0: they might have annoyed you so much but i annoyed them so much criticizing this shirt so they actually blocked me on twitter because they didn't they didn't <laughs> like me criticizing their shirts can you believe how sensitive they are actually you reminded me about that actually i'm
2: gonna be honest with you ad i probably would have blocked you myself if we didn't do this part together so you, <laughs> you can't blame them for that imagine being so sensitive though. they couldn't even handle
0: somebody going at the shirts. so i very nice
2: Do you know what? I think there's a few people who have said the same, though, and that's a bizarre thing for a a social media account of a football club that's trying to get itself, you know, kind of... Because, I mean, without sounding like too much of a dick, let's face it, a couple of seasons ago, especially in the shirt sort of, like, capacity, they were nowhere. They were nowhere. The night kits kind of brought them through a little bit, and then it's the kappa that have elevated that. And I am being funny. If you're gonna run social media for a football team, you cannot be that sensitive. If you're gonna be on Twitter at all, you can't be that sensitive. <laughs> so let alone running a football team. But but going back to these capuchers anyway, the reason I would put them in is because last year, I do think last seasons were decent as a set, but I don't think personally I didn't love any of them individually. But that's not enough for me to save it over all the guff that goes with them. Okay, so um
0: I'm sorry, your shirts are going to go into room 101, Venezia, but uh, with a bit of luck, if things keep going the way they are, you'll have the best social media team in Serie A. <laughs> <laughs> they are like second from bottom in Serie the I minute, mean. Really? Oh, Christ. Jaws yeah. to close this week's haunting episode of They Think It's All Over. We thank you all very much for listening.
2: Yeah, as always, thanks to everybody who follows us on socials, leaves reviews, retweets everything. Um, just, uh, yeah, keep, keep an ear out for what we've got coming up soon because we got some really, really big guests coming out and we've got something special coming up for over Christmas to keep you all occupied whilst you're stuffing your fat faces full of turkey and mulled wine and whatever the shit you put in your face over Christmas.
0: We should probably say a word about where Scott is this week as well. And actually what I'll do it's a shame he's not here because Scott actually did a really good thread on our Twitter account about badges and namesets and making sure, you know, you you teed two up correctly and, and don't ruin your shirt. It's a shame he's not here to take the compliment, really. Nah, fuck him. Does anyone know where he is? He he's not allowed to say, is
1: he? It's all, you know shh It is every full moon though, isn't it? Have you noticed? And he's got very hairy hands for the listeners that don't see him.
2: I don't know if this is just coincidence, but I'm sure he was missing last time when the Queen died, and this time is when when a new Prime Minister's come in. So there's definitely something big going on when he's away, you know. Well, there we go. I will tell you though, there's one thing we can do
0: with Scott not here. They think it's all over. It is now. <laughs>